All right. First John 2.13, I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. So uh, we're the ones who are supposed to go hard after him, isn't that right? And that's what we're about here. So gentlemen, happy Father's Day. It's our privilege uh, to be called Daddy. You may call us Father, but we like being called Daddy. So happy Father's Day, gentlemen. You can all go yay this time. You want to try it again? Happy Father's Day, gentlemen. All right, okay. So just to make a comment, we're about to finish off a lot of our, um, the regular things that happen. Andrew was talking about the small groups. I would normally send out a devotional. We would normally get a weekly update every week. Uh, so we're going to be stopping those things over the summertime. Please take the summer to rest and relax. Please take time to get to know each other, spend time together, do barbecues, go out for coffee, go for wonders, whatever you want to do. But please do not switch off. Switch off is where you get taken out. So in the summertime, we want to rest and relax, but we don't want to go, oh, well, we don't have to go hard after God. It's the summertime. Because what does the enemy do? I don't know what happened to me. I just lost my relationship with Jesus over the summer. So don't let that be you. That's a very dramatic case. If that is you, you come and see me. That's fine. But uh, over the summertime, please stay switched on. And we're going to be talking about reaching. And the summer is perfect for reaching out. So we've been looking at what it means to reach what it means to let God reach into us, learning about what's in our hands. Are you discovering that? Are you getting a bit more of a handle? See what I did there? On what you've got in your hands? Deathly silence. Some of you are nodding. For those who are listening via the web, some people are nodding. The deathly silence is not awkwardness. Reaching with power. Last week we were talking about uh, learning to be connected and staying uh, in touch with Jesus and then getting your walk out. Remember the walk, words of knowledge? Uh, I've had the same impact last week. I loved it anyhow. Well, today we're going to talk about the dynamics of reaching out, that God really wants to partner with us. If you've missed that, then what have you been listening to? He really, really wants to partner with you. And the joy about it is that we're going to enjoy the process. So I want to tell you a, a little bit of a story that happened this week. As it happened, I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. Here's an example. So do you remember I was telling you about the guy in work he just, he has something about him. Do you remember? So he left on Friday. It was his last day. And he just walked into the office and I was sitting typing something. I said, right, Jack? I said, so this is how it works, all right? I said, look, from the day on our, and just started to say to him what I'd seen in him. Just said to him what I think that God maybe wanted to do with him. Um, and he said to me, oh, come here, give us a hug. This guy doesn't know Jesus, doesn't, certainly doesn't seemed to live that way. Um, and then I said, oh, actually I said, look, uh, we, we believe that, that God still speaks. And sometimes he gives these things called words of knowledge. Basically what they are is it's just something that lets you know that he knows you. And I said, and when this happens, it's to help you. And proceeded to drop it out. Yeah, it was really, really normal. The thing that shocked me was I was really happy and at ease. He seemed to like it. And then we were standing at the tills working together and I went, ah, back to normal life. It was really, really normal and really, really easy. So look, we're all learning in this process. We want to find the flow of uh, God in our lives. We've all had those times, and we've talked about it over the weeks, where you know, you feel like, oh, I should really reach out to somebody. Oh, 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 I've got to reach out to Hillary. And then Hillary's doing something. You go, hey, Hillary, can I have a word with you? Hillary comes into the room and you stand there and you go, you know, Hillary, I really think that Jesus loves you. And I wonder, would you like to come to church with me on Sunday? And Hillary goes, uh, don't, uh, yeah, sure. You walk out and you go, yeah, did it, did it, did it. Meanwhile, I'm feeling intensely awkward. Hillary's feeling obliged. Hillary comes on Sunday and goes, why am I here? I'm a Buddhist. Or 
we just do life. And we just listen to him. And we don't panic. And we just work with him. And then Jack comes in the office and say, hey, Jack, can I say some things to you? Yeah, sure, mate, no problem. Say, say that to him. One of the things I said was, you know what? I think the Jesus that you think he is is maybe different to the Jesus that he actually is. And he went, all right, okay. Give me a big hug. He wanted the hug. And then the interesting thing that really, really got me was he couldn't help but try to say nice things to me. He just wanted to say, you know, Colin, since, since you've been here, this and this and this. And, and then I felt myself getting all kind of like, oh, Jack, stop it, Jack. Oh, come on, oh, stop it. So everybody wins. I came away feeling relaxed, felt like, you know, I got to be myself. Felt like I reached out. He felt, I think, that he was loved. He, he would have just known that. I mean, I wasn't like to condemn him. I wasn't telling him, your lifestyle is wrong and you're going to hell. I was just saying, look, this is what I see. And God loves you so very much. And he heard it. So that's how I would like to do it. Out of ease and out of flow. We want to be patient. We want to find the flow. And we want to cultivate peace. Patience is a fruit of the spirit that bears fruit. God is patient. Patience is rewarded with opportunities that are in step with what the Father's doing. So often when you feel that, I mean, I've heard it said before, when you feel the, the rush of adrenaline, that's the time to do it. Yeah, maybe sometimes, but maybe more often than not, we maybe just need to go, let, let's just be patient. That God maybe hasn't just shared that word, particularly with those you're in relationship with. If you're at a, an airport or you're out for dinner and you just keep noticing this couple and then you start thinking, I really think God wants to encourage them. And well, then you've got to get a wriggle on because you're likely not going to see them again. You've got to cultivate peace and find a way and, you know, find your flow and do all of that stuff. The people that you're in relationship with, take your time. Let's be patient about this. If God's told you about something, God's big enough to design the opportunity. So on the Friday, I said to God, would there be an opportunity today? And there it was. So we want to uh, have patience. You'll notice that the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, they're described as the fruit of the Spirit. What is inside fruit? So they reproduce themselves. So whenever somebody is kind to you, you'll notice that that kindness really marks you and I'll start to make you think about kindness and what is kindness and what was that and I'll make you want to do that for other people. You meet somebody who is faithful. It'll start to deposit the seed of faithfulness within you. It just, it's the way it works. So it's a fruit that bears fruit. They're all fruit that bears fruit. But we want to be patient. We want to find the flow in this. Point two, Galatians 5, verse 16, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Sometimes we've got to keep up. Sometimes we've got to slow down. You see God giving you a vision of something, and uh, then you want to just make it happen. I'm going to do this and change this and ax that. Blah, 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 blah. If you're one of those people that, you know, you just want to jump on your horse and go, blah, blah, and get into it, maybe just... Take a step back and say, God, you've shown me this. Is this to happen right now? What do you need me to do right now? For other of us, others of us, we're a little bit scared about what he said. God said, well, we need to move to this position. You're like, oh, well, I have to do that. Well, that's going to change. I don't like change. I find change really, really hard. And God's going, come on. 
Come on, let's go. Let's go. Remember, it's fear that drives, but love draws. So if God's gently moving you forward, it's going to be gentle. He's going to put all the things that you need in your life, all the people around you. For those of you who are going through transition or who have made a transition, have you not found that? That God actually just steps in at the right time with the right little bit of advice. You just have that opportunity to do that or that thing that you need. So let's find the flow of what he's doing and keep in step with him. God has a river with him. You'll notice that about his presence. And in his river is his flow. When God does things, they're generally not awkward. He just has an ease about him. And you'll find that as you become that person who wants to hunt and find his ease, actually then you can lend that to other people. One of the things I'm learning at the minute is there can be lots and lots of really awkward situations. And really, we're called to bring ease into it because ease will solve half the problems. If we have awkwardness, then everybody's a wee bit like, oh, this is a bit awkward. How's this going to work? You know, I don't know what to say. You start to get all kind of rigid and you don't know what to do. Whereas if somebody comes in and goes, hey, what's happening here? What's, what's going on there? Is, is everything all right? And, you know, is every, what's happening here? Let's just, let's just find ease and find flow. Psalm 36, verse 8. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink. From your river of delights, for with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. God has a fountain of life. He has a river flowing from him, and he is light. They're all positive, ease, life-giving things. And Jesus said that we've got to stay connected. John 15, 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So we want to stay connected. As we stay connected, we'll find the flow. And life erupts from his presence. It's worth waiting for. When he comes, when the opportunity comes, there's going to be life. We will know everything by its fruit. So at the end of it all, this guy that I was talking to in work says, oh, come here and give me a hug. Come close. I feel safe. I want to I love you too. So there was fruit. We also need to cultivate peace. Answer me this. Do you feel like yourself when you're agitated? Do you feel comfortable when you're anxious or when you're fearful? When do you most feel like yourself? When you're at peace and when you're in ease? So we want to cultivate peace. Dennis uh, Bournes has said, most of you have met Dennis. Dennis is the, he's a translocal uh, leader with us here. He said that uh, peace is the soil of revelation. So when you're at peace, it's like God sometimes will just drop a little bit into the water of your life and you go, oh, that's God spoken that. I was at peace on Friday when I was speaking with this guy. And therefore, whenever I saw the picture that I saw inside my mind, I thought, this is a word of knowledge. I'm actually, I'm actually practicing what I was preaching last week. Here he is getting his walk out. It was a word of knowledge and I was able to tee it up and let him understand what it was because I was at peace. If I was fearful and agitated, I guarantee you, I just wanted to get it over with. We all have that t-shirt as well, where you feel you should do something and where you just want to get it over and done with because at least then you'll maybe feel like you're doing what God's asked you to do. No, let's prioritize peace. Philippians 4 verse 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace protects. 
peace allows you to hear God. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, this is a familiar verse. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So you'll find that when you're fearful, your mind is addled. You start believing things that you normally in your rational thinking would not believe. So let's prioritize peace. Peace is a continual process of discipleship, of lassoing, breaking, and harnessing our thought life. As we are cultivating peace, the thing that we've got to use is from 2 Corinthians 10, 5, that we are to hold every thought captive and lead it away in obedience to Jesus Christ. Aaron loves this analogy, but it's like the five-point note. You grab the thought, you hold it up to the sun, and you go, do you stand before Jesus Christ? If it doesn't stand, then you don't use it. At the minute in work, we're not allowed to accept the Bank of England five-pound notes. I could sniff them a mile off. I see those foreigners saunter into our store. They pull out one of those Bank of England fivers. I've got it all prepared. Look, I appreciate that your bank in your home country has probably given that to you, but I'm sorry. Unfortunately, we can't accept that. I appreciate that's frustrating for you. Little do they know inside, I'm thinking, that thing's not getting in there. You put that back in, all right? Put it back in. So I appreciate that you're German, but you put that back in. So we want to be uh, arresting our thought life. Do you ever find sometimes that you're just, just feeling a bit low today? I don't know what it is. Anybody else? Just feel a wee bit low today. How are you today? I just feel a bit low. Trace it back to your thoughts. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you come and show me? Is there anything I've made agreement with? Is there anything that's just rattling around inside of me? More often than not, I go, oh, that's what it was. And I go, I don't believe that. I believe this. I disconnect from the lie and I connect to the truth and everything feels all right again. So we've got to arrest our thought lives. And this is from Philippians 4 verse 8. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition. And the Amplified says, definite requests. Be specific with God. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state, tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we're at peace, we're much better to be around. When we're at peace, we're more ourselves. And when we're at peace, our minds are protected. And we want to be arresting our thoughts so that we can stay in that place. Peace is also about being prepared. Ephesians 6, verse 15, And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. 1 Peter 3.15, but set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope you possess. I am more at peace when I am prepared. If I get caught off guard or I haven't done due diligence and I should have something prepared, I am stressed to the max. And Claire told me this morning that she doesn't quite like being around me when I'm stressed. It was a loving exchange, wasn't it? <laughs> But peace is prepared. So let's dig into that verse a little bit. So 1 Peter 3.15, But set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks about the hope you possess. So what's your answer for the hope that you have? We did a discipleship event a 
was it wasn't last Tuesday, it was the Tuesday before. And it was talking about your before and your after story. And I know that it was talking to some of the guys, and they took that and went, I'm going to actually distill that down to, was it about 100 words? Now, this is not about being legalistic. If you've got 99, it's not about that. It's about bringing it down to a little story that you can give, which has the before, this is where I was at before, the encounter that you had, and then the difference that he's made. What's mine? I was really very unhappy at this point in my life. I was driving along, and the car filled up with love. I really struggled at that time with my thought life and felt tormented. Now I really don't struggle so much. I'm much more at peace. It's really succinct. It's really short. So what's your answer? Now, people aren't going to come up and say, well, I was reading my Bible and Tishy, I want to demand a request for you to give me the response upon which you can declare what the hope and the reason for that hope actually is. They'll come up and go, what is it about you? There's something different about you. As you go with this male, our nervous laughter here. But what's, what's your reason for the hope that you have? And if you dig into that, you'll get some revelation about what the reason is that you have. You need to understand where you were. Well, where were you before? Well, look, I was really anxious. I was really terrified. I really struggled with this. I really did this thing. And then this happened. And it really wasn't that big. There's a, something I struggled with. God gave me a really simple answer that was really childlike. Funny that. And I applied that. And I don't struggle with that anymore. I don't have that weight on. I don't feel guilty. I don't feel shame about that. I just don't have it anymore. You say that to someone who's struggling with that very same thing, who struggles with shame and guilt and feels trapped in it, there's just a little fountain of life. See what it did there? The river coming from his throne just pops up, and they go, goodness, so somebody else can actually get free. So what is the reason that you have hope? What was your life like before? What was the encounter that you had or the direction that you received? What is the difference that God's made in your life? And then you can start to develop a catalog of things. So, when a, so somebody talks to me about moving house. Some of you know my story about moving house. They said to us, you can't even afford the mortgage that you have. No way, sir. I went and talked to my friend. He's a, he's a bank manager for another reputable bank. He showed me the, uh, the detail of what mortgage le- legislation is. And he said, that's your point right there. Went in, made the point, and the lady said, okay, on the end of the phone, she said, I'll take it to the guys that sit up really high in their dark suits. So I imagine it. And she came back the next day and said, no problem, sir, we're going to port your mortgage. I'm going to pull that story out anytime somebody says to me, look, our house is about to fall through. I'm going to go, well, you know, that could be the case, hopefully not, but let me tell you my story. There's hope in it. So what are your answers What are the answers that you need to prepare when people ask you, why are you like that? Why aren't you scared here? Why do you believe this thing? Why are you taking the flack for that? Why are you making that decision? What is the reason that you have hope? It's about his story through your life. And as you journey with him, you will develop a history with him, which is his story in your life. Okay, got that? Let's move swiftly on. Now, I want to talk to you about making coffee. Have we got any coffee fans in here? Well, seriously, you need to drink some because that was the response of someone who desperately needs it. It's the slowest coffee race that I've ever had. So, dripper coffee, or V60, is that what it's called? I have a friend who calls it, oh, you see you're into your V60 coffee, and I went, what's that now? 
Your dripper? Have you heard of dripper coffee? Yeah? Let me tell you about the process. Dripper coffee. By far the best coffee that I have been able to make at home consistently. And it's wonderful and I really enjoy it. I actually bought, have you all heard of Wish? Have you heard of the website called Wish? It's just not good to get into that. I bought a little coffee dripper. It was deeply disappointing. So I've gone back to the old faithful. So I go to the shop. I buy filter and coffee beans, select the beans carefully. Sometimes I buy cheap stuff, sometimes I buy dear stuff. I find that actually Tesco's original, the red brand, two pounds, beans is the best coffee that you're going to find. That's the coffee that we drink here. It's good stuff, isn't it? I place the items in the assigned, and for those that are married, the agreed place where the coffee beans should rest. It's very important that they go in a place where we're both happy with. They don't just find themselves chucked anywhere. And I like, if Clara is, she should never be opening up my coffee beans, but if she has to, that she sealed them again, placed them back in the place where they normally should be, and all's good, in the fridge, best place to keep them. Tend to grind just for a couple of days, don't want it to be. Look, for you folks that think and ban, pre-grind coffee beans makes them good, it doesn't. Just want to put that out there. If you've opened them and you've had them open for six months, they're not fresh. Coffee goes off, FYI. Okay. Um, point three, if I want a cup of coffee, I go to the kitchen. Point four, pick up the kettle. I put water inside kettle. This morning it was a whistle kettle on top of a gas stove outside. Works for me. I switch it on, select the mug, which is also very important. I don't like, well, do you know, I've always liked small mugs. Now I'm going back to a big mug. Claire said to me, this is how well my wife knows me. Claire said to me, are you drinking coffee out of a big mug? And I went, I'm not, I'm just enjoying it. She went, all right, good to know. That's love right there. I get out my coffee dripper, place the coffee dripper on top of the carefully selected mug, go to the cupboard, get the filter paper, point 11, fold the filter at the bottom and the side, place the filter in the dripper, go to the fridge and get coffee. If there's none left, I get the packet from the fridge, get out the grinder, plug in said grinder and grind the beans. Anna and Isaac both love this part of the process. I put 2.5 scoops in the filter or the dripper. I put coffee back into the fridge. I lift the kettle, pour the water, which has been boiled, over coffee in the dripper. I wait and I enjoy the aroma. Those in work also enjoy the aroma and miss it when I don't have it. I add milk or sometimes creamer. And then I enjoy every little drop. Have you learned something this morning? Is it a little bit frightening to give you an insight into what my wife has to put up with? Okay, so why did I tell you all of this? Here's the punchline, because instant coffee is crap. Um, and even that is not instant. No, that's not really the point. The process of making a mature believer in Jesus Christ is a process it is a process, it is a process, it is a process. There are 23 points to what I've just listed through, okay? 23, and as I went through them this morning, I actually realized at one point I forgot to say that you actually have to put the coffee dripper on top of the coffee cup. We are all looking for an easy way to do all of this stuff. We're all looking for the instant coffee, and instant coffee is crap. It's all right. You can find good brands, but really there's nothing like a real nice cup of coffee for those who are coffee drinkers. I'm sorry you can't connect with this, all right? But tea bags, you could grow your own tea. I don't know even what you do. I don't really care what you do with tea. <laughs> Just stay with me for this analogy, all right? But you cannot escape the process that you've got to go through as you're maturing. You can't. 
If you try to, you'll not escape it. You'll be deceived and it'll just not work. God may ask you to help another either pre-Christian, as Graham Cook calls them, or someone who is walking with Jesus at any stage in their life. And we are there to help them. We are not there to do that for them. And with the specific part of the process where the individual is at, the specific part of the process, that's the bit that you want to reach out to. You don't drop coffee beans into a cup. It doesn't work. You don't put coffee into the dripper without a filter. That's a total and utter mess. If you've got no coffee beans in the cupboard, you're stuffed. You can't even make coffee. If you don't have water in the kettle, it's well, you, you don't offer someone a cup of coffee if you don't have water or coffee beans. You're off your rocker. You can't, if you can't have a means to grind your beans, you're not, because if the beans aren't ground, folks, it's the magic of grinding that releases that sweet, sweet nectar of the bean. You can't put coffee beans into a coffee cup, pour some cold water on, stir it about, and then hand it to a coffee drinker. Be like something out of George's Marvelous Medicine. It's just not going to work. Have the beans of your life been roasted and ground? No, that's just, um, take that back. If that does minister to you, then fine. There is a roasting process and a grinding process as we go after Jesus, but that's for another day. So let me introduce you to Seamless Link Pete. Hit the button. He has his arms folded. You're always stuffed when the audiovisual guy has his arms folded. This is the angle scale. The whole reason why I wanted to go through the things about the process is when you're reaching out to anybody, they are at any part of this process. And to be honest, I wish I had a pointer. Will my finger work? Point 10 is where the old models of evangelism and reaching out have said that everybody is at. Is everybody at that process that you meet? I, to be honest, I rarely meet people here at the process and they want to commit themselves to Jesus Christ. Sometimes I have to go to a file that's way, way, way back in my brain. I, I'm normally brought in to help somebody through some sort of a transition, and may, they may never know that it was God-inspired that helped them through that process. But I, I'm looking to see, well, where are they at? Do they have no awareness of God, some awareness of God? Are they interested in Jesus? Do they grasp the truth about him? Are they ready to make a decision to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ? And what I would put to you is, as believers, we have different moments of surrendering that part of our life to Jesus Christ. Do you not have that? The journey with finances. That's an ongoing one for me. He says, can you give that away? And you're like, oh, I don't want to give it away. It's not your voice. La, 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 la. It is his voice, and i got to surrender myself. And if somebody alongside there comes and goes, look, I know this is really tough. I've done it, but the benefits are amazing, and you know that you need to do it. If I'm that part of the process, I want to be that guy who comes in at that point. There's no point in me treating the guy who's trying to surrender that part of his life as if he has no awareness of God. It's not one size fits all. We need to stay connected to him. And as we stay connected to him, we're going to know John 5, 19, Jesus only did what he saw the fathers doing. If we watch the father, we're going to be able to know, well, this is the stage and the place of where they're at. So what I want to tell you about the fruit of this, the angle scale, is that John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. My own particular uh, journey with this angle scale when I found it was, it was like drinking water whenever I'm incredibly thirsty. It released me from the guilt of having to nail them, to get them to that point point. go, yes, they became a Christian today. 
Fantastic. Heaven rejoices when that happens. That's amazing. I'm not detracting from that. But normally that's not our normative experience. Our job is to play our part at the particular time. If it was somebody's job to come into my house and go calling, the Lord told me that you were about to run out of uh, coffee filters. Here they are. have to tell you, folks, if you're ever prompted to do that and I've run out of coffee filters, I'm going to know that Jesus Christ loves me more than anything. You can laugh and scoff all you want, but this heart is going to know that it's loved. So if you know that I should give flowers to that person or actually, you see that dress? I don't... I, don't, that, I should give that dress away. Well, what if it's not the right size? You go and you give the dress, and they're like, I love that dress, and it's my exact size. You're going to be blessed, they're going to be blessed, and God's met them exactly where they're at. So this is not one size fits all. But, but we've got to do this stuff. We've got to stay connected. We've got to stay engaged. We want to love people where they're at. We want to serve people where they're at. As I said, you don't put unroasted beans into a coffee cup and pour cold water over them. We want to go through the process. We want to remain in Jesus Christ. We want to stay connected to him. We want to get our walk out. Get your walk out. When you're with somebody who doesn't know Jesus, why don't you say, Holy Spirit, um, is there any, should I be listening for a word of knowledge? I got a picture. It was a picture of a relationship that this guy had, of the, what was going on in the relationship, and about what God wanted to do in the relationship and what he wanted to highlight to the person. So just ask. I just asked, and there it was. So be uh, sensitive to all those things as you're relating to people and discerning where they're at. And most of all, please resist the guilt and manipulation of the shoots. Be at peace. Let peace protect your mind. And finally, The place of influence that you have is where you are right here and right now. Mark 5, 19, go home to your own family, Jesus said. This was to the garrison demoniac. Family, relatives, and friends, and bring back word to them of how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had sympathy for you and mercy on you. And he, the garrison demoniac, departed and began to publicly proclaim in Decapolis, the region of the ten cities, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were astonished and marveled. John four twenty-eight to 30. Then the woman left her jar and went away to the town, her town. And she began telling the people, come see a man who has told me everything that I ever did. Can this be? Is not this the Christ? Must not the Messiah, must this not be the Messiah and the anointed one? So the people left the town and set out to go to him. So where's your town? Where's your place of influence? Guys, could I get you up? It's exactly where you are. The lie says that at some point we're going to have influence over there. At some point when we reach this point, at some point when we are doing mission trips out to far-flung places, well, I'll have influence there. I won't tell you, until you can have influence where you are right now, the influence that you have over there will be diminished. It is exactly where you are. We've got to die to the lie that says, not yet. We've got to die to it that says it's going to be whenever you're whole over there or when you've moved to that place. It is where you are right now. If we believe that we're just victim to our circumstances and we're not, we're overcomers. God wants to use you right where you are, right here and right now. So don't let the lie edit out the truth, which is you are placed sovereignly where you are right now in your job to the garage that you visit 
to the roads that you walk, to the places that you drive to, the people that are beside you in the queues of traffic, to the people that you engage on your way that you walk to work. Every little bit of it. Would you stand with me? Do we want to do this stuff? Does it sound more attractive to be yourself rather than trying to get the old model of one size fits all? And do you know what? This is the old original model. This is the model of the ancient one. He designed it that we would be ourselves. And as we're ourselves, we, the stained glass windows, let his light shine and the colors that he's placed in us come out. So do you want to be more yourself with God's help? Do you want to be at peace? Do you want to get rid of the shoulds? Do you want to understand the process that you go through? You know, in this church, we have the highest value for process. Why? Because we want to be about you doing this, not me, not us up here about you doing this stuff. If we don't know the process that it takes to be able to teach this stuff, then we can't do it. So you've come to a place that wants to impart how you can do it, to empower you to be Jesus Christ in your work, in your home, in your relationships, in your circumstances. So as always, when I'm speaking, when whoever's speaking, we're going to call you forward for ministry. We want to eat whatever the Holy Spirit is serving. And here's some questions to help you to consider. Do you need to be more patient? Do you need to work at finding the flow and being at peace in your life to be able to do this stuff? Do you need discernment and wisdom to be able to serve those in your sphere of influence where they are, to be able to understand what process they're in? Or do you need to understand and embrace that your place of influence is where you are right now? If you can answer yes to this, or you just want to come up for ministry, then please come and join me now. for a time. Holy Spirit's going to increase His presence among us. Yes, that's absolutely biblical. And then we're going to minister to you. So come, Holy Spirit. Come and touch us this day. Come and leave us in a different state to when we arrived or to when we walked up here. Come and help us 